Okay, we are learning Daf Pei Dalad. We're starting uh, right from the top of the Ahmed Pei Dalad Amadal. So what are we in the middle of? We are in the middle of uh, an analysis of the Mishnah. <coughs> the Mishnah spoke about a woman, a wife, who said a Kona, that she's not going to get half Hanah, she's not going to have enough from Brios. Brios means people, the population at large. And the question is whether the husband can be made from that scenario. Is she going to be afflicted? Is she going to have Binoy Nefesh? She can't get pleasure from people. So where is she going to get her food or basic uh, supplies from? And the mission still says, somewhat shockingly, that uh, the husband can't be made from. So what's the pshat? I mean, where, who, how is she going to survive? Obviously, she's afflicted. So there's two fundamentally different ways of learning the Mishnah. And we see they come out in the Gemara. One way of saying is that the husband's not included. You know, when she said, I'm not going to get enough from people at large, she didn't mean her husband. Husband's not included in the terminology of Brias. So therefore, that's the acre point, is that her husband is able to support her. Mishnah mentioned as an afterthought that it happens to be that if the husband is a, is a poor person who's not providing for her, so then due to the nether, she can't get enough from other people and the husband's not providing, then she'd be able to take the gifts of the poor, the leka Chekha and Peh. That's one approach to the Mishnah. The second approach to the Mishnah is that really the husband is included in the, in the nether, and the husband is not able to provide for her. The reason why she's not afflicted is because, you have to read that into the Mishnah, the, 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 the because, which is really the missing word, but it's because she can go get the lecha chicho peah, that that's why she's not considered to be afflicted. And uh, because even if no one is allowed, you're not allowed to get pleasure directly from anyone, as long as you're taking the, the gifts that were abandoned for the, anyone, for the poor to come and take by themselves, so then, you know, you're not getting the pleasure from them. And it's a tremendously novel idea that because of the lecha chicho peah, she's not afflicted. But that is the second approach here in the Gemara. Okay, and yet I should really mention it's, it, it, it diverges into a third approach where Rav Nachman said that the husband's not included and that's why he can't be Mayfair. And the mission was just pointing out what would happen if she'd be divorced. If she would get divorced, so then, uh, then, 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 then she'd be able to take the Lekha Chekhopeh. In other words, the husband wasn't included and that's why he's not being Mayfair. But then when she gets divorced, now uh, her husband is not, is, goes back to being part of the population because now he's just a regular stranger. And at that point, she'll take the Lekha Chekhopeh. All right, so the Gemara says, Isve Rav Rav Nachman. Rav is asking Rav Nachman, meaning Rav Nachman was the one who took the approach that the husband is not part of the population, and that's the Iker reason why he can't be made for is because he could actually provide for her. So the Gemara is asking on that opinion. Ubal, lav, b'chlau, b'rius? Are you telling me that the husband is not included in that term, in that term of people? It says in the Mishnah, too, enemy, who dim? The woman says, I'm taken away, I'm removed from the Jews. So again, that's a euphemism. It's a, euphem- it's a euphemism that refers to relations. But who's relations from who? From all Yehudim, from all Jews. So what's the halacha? Yafar Chalko, the husband is made for his chilek of the nadir, the part of the, of the nadir that reti- pertains to him. So again, here it's not Inoy Nefesh. We spoke out, we're going like Rabbi Yossi, we spoke out a few days ago, that abstaining from relations isn't Inoy Nefesh, but it's Dvarm Shabbat Noah So she said that she's not going to have relations with anyone. Her husband is included in that. So he revokes his chilek of the nadir, the part that's relevant to him. Therefore, she's able to have relations with him after he's made for because now, him, the nether went away. But she remains forbidden to all other Jews. Because that's what happens when you're made for Tavarim Shabbat Noah. Regarding the husband, what affects the husband, so the nether goes away. But in terms of everybody else, the nether is still binding. So Al-Kapanam, what's the takeaway that we see from here? That when she says she's removed from the Jews, her husband is included. He has to be made for his chilek. If he wouldn't be made for his chilek, then her nether would be effective even regarding him. So if you say a husband is not included in the term of people, Now this is a very, um, a very tough language. The language in front of us is that if the husband is not brios, so just without reading the Gemara, what would you say? 
I would have said probably that the proof is if the husband's not included, so then why is he made for at all? That's what I would have said, right? Why does he need to be made for? It doesn't affect him, and she's not Masana. Right? Well, what's, the, what's, what's going on? What's the issue at all? So the Rishonim have a, have, have a dispute. Actually, many Rishonim didn't have the next words that we have in the Gemara, that they're Nidra, Inoi, Nefesh, and he should be able to be made for at all. Many Rishonim said, no, the Gemara question should be just very simple. If the husband is not Baklav Rios, so why is he being made for at all? He was never included, he was never included in it. However, the other way to say it is, if, that, if the husband is not included in the Nadar, then what is she offering on herself? Let's go, we were, we kept it, let's go slow. We keep on saying it's a euphemism for relations. But the truth is, she didn't literally say that. She just said, I'm removed from all Jews. Right? I'm removed from the Jews. If you're saying, if you're saying that the husband is, um, is not included, then what in the world is she, is, is, she, is she saying? She's anyways not including her husband. And she anyways is not, currently is not having beer with anybody else because she's a married woman. So it must be that what she's saying must be that what she's saying is actually not a euphemism for people. It must be that she's relating to having like benefit in general from the fruit, from whatever pleasure would come from other people. Then what's the shot that we don't say that she's misana because she's asked to sell pleasure from here, from all the other people in the world and let it be Inoi Nefesh and let the Inoi Nefesh go with that, that the husband is made for, is made for and then it should be gone forever. So basically we're going, we're going and saying that if, the, if, if Baal is lav brios, so let it stam therefore not be a euphemism for relations. Let it become like stam and of Inoi Nefesh. Let him be made for and let, let that far be there forever. We're understanding it's a euphemism for relations and therefore it's only Beinu Levena. And that's why the husband's made for his chilek and she remains forbidden to everybody else. Gufa, what the Gemara is asking is if Baal's lav b'chal brios, then it, it, it would turn out that she's not ostering herself in relations with her husband. She means, and anyway, she's also to everybody else. So it would just seem really hard for us to see that it's really a euphemism for, for relations because she's not saying anything of any impact. Must be she's talking about the fruit. If she's talking about the fruit, then it's you know an effort. Let the husband be made for, made for her forever. That's how they explain the gears of the Gemara. But whether you go with that gear, so you go with the first way we said it, the point of the Gemara is simple, is that You've been saying, Rav Nachman, Baal is not included in the Brios. I clearly see from the mission of Tula Anim and Yehudim that the husband is included in the Brios. He's included in the, in the, in the general population in, her, in the term that she uses. So Rav Nachman responds, Eimalach, you know what I would tell you? Really, a husband is not part of Brios, generally. That's why, like in our Mishnah, she says, You can't be made for it. It's obvious here that we assume that she's coming to Aser herself and something which is mother, not something which is anyways awesome. In other words, generally we would assume he's not included. But it's an exception because she said in a Tulanimihudim, which Pashtus means Bia. It doesn't mean fruit. Pashtus, it's a euphemism from Bia. So we say that it must be she's including her husband, because if not, then who would it, who, who would she be referring to? Anyway, she can't have Bia with other people. So the Nether wouldn't have much much of an implication at all. So that's why in this case, in a Tulanimihudim, where it's a euphemism for relations, we say she is including her husband. Because if not, who is she really asking herself to? Dafka there would say she's asking herself to her husband, whereas she said, where she didn't say the Nitulani Minihudim, like in our Mishnah, where she just says, I'm not going to have pleasure from people. So there we say that she does not mean to include her husband. So basically, the, the, the de facto, normally you would assume, is that she's not including her, her husband in Brios, but if she's saying a language of a euphemism for Bia, like Nitulani, where, 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 where if, she, if it's not including the husband, then she's not having much of an impact whatsoever. <clears throat> there, Davka, we would assume she's including her husband in her words. All right, so that ends up finishing our analysis of whether or not a husband is included in Brios. So now we continue into a discussion of her benefiting 
from the gifts of the poor. And again, the issue is that she has a nether, she can't get pleasure from anybody. And because of that, she's poor. She's indigent, right? She has no way of getting food. So we say that she can take the gifts from the poor and she's not benefiting from them. Why? Because the owner just abandons it. He doesn't give it. Right? You don't give your gifts to the poor. You abandon your gifts and you allow anyone to come and take it. You allow the, the poor to come and take it. So when she goes and takes it, she's not benefiting directly from the owner of the field. She's just taking what has been abandoned. So the Gemara notes, It doesn't say she can take Maiserani. Leket is what the owner drops. While he's, while he's gathering. Shikha is what he forgets while he's gathering. Peah is the corner of the field. Those are the three gifts to the poor. But there's another gift to the poor, Maiser Ani. Let's go over that, what Maiser Ani is. Every single year, you have your grain. You take off Truma and Maiser Rishon. You take off 2%, you give it to the Kohen. You take off a tenth and you give it to the Levi. That happens every single year. But beyond that, there's another tithe. The first, second, and fourth, the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of the Shemitah cycle, you take off something called Maiser Shani, a second tithe. You take it up yourself to Yerushalayim and you eat it there. But the third and sixth years, instead of taking the second tithe as Maiser Shani that you will eat in Yerushalayim, the second tithe is given as a gift to the poor. The Pasuk says Maiser Ani, that's the third and sixth year. And then during Shemitah, there are no tithes at all. That's the basic you know, uh, framework of the, of the cycle. Every year is Trumas and Maisos except for Shemitah. One, two, four, and five, the second tithe is Maiser Shani. And three and six, the second tithe is uh, Maiser Ani. So the Mishnah didn't mention Maiser Ani. Why didn't it mention that? Why can't she take Maiser Ani from somebody? So it would seem, basically, that if she has another not to benefit from someone, she can't get the Maiser Ani from them because Maiser Ani is something that you give. That's what it would be, mashma. Like a Chekho Peah, something that you abandon to the poor. Maiser Ani, it would be mashma. No, it's something that you do, you give to the poor person. You give it to a poor person of your choice, which is a really fundamental yisait. You know, Maiser Ani is different than other gifts to the poor, that you don't abandon it for the, for the poor people, but you give it. That would be mashma from the Mishnah. That's why the Mishnah didn't say she gets to receive Maiser Ani, because she can't, because whoever she receives it from, she'd be considered that she's getting pleasure from them, and she can't benefit, get pleasure from anybody. But when a Brisa related the same information that because of her nether she's poor and she can take the gifts to the, for the poor, the Brisa says she takes the Leket, the Shekha, the Peah, and Maiser Ani. So we see that it is mutter for her to take. I guess the Maiser Ani is abandoned as well. So which one is it? The Brisa is going like Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer holds that the Maiser Ani is given. Um, I'm sorry, is, is abandoned and therefore it's mutter for her to take. Our mission is going to the Rabbanon who hold that the Maiser Ani is given and therefore it's forbidden for her to derive pleasure. Where do we get this machlokas if Maiser, if the Maiser, if the Maiser Ani is given or not? So the Gemara says, did not, we start from a Mishnah here. And to understand this Mishnah, just I guess a little bit of background, we have to know what Demai is. So what's Demai? It's the contraction of two words, duh, my, what is this? So basically you're buying grain from an Amaharetz. Amaharetz is, you know, he's ignorant, but at the same time, you know, he knows, you know, it's a little bit of both. So, 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 so we're not, we're not close to They didn't take off Truma from the grain because even the Amaharetz uh, would, 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 would take off their Truma. And the other, the other big point of, 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 of the to know is that even though we're not sure if he took off all the other Maiseros, we're not that concerned about Maiser Rishon. Why is that? Because Maiser Rishon, after you take off a tenth uh, and you're, you, you give it to, you're, you're meant to give it to the Levi, but it's not forbidden for you to eat. Meaning to say, Trima, a non-Kohen, cannot eat. It's not something like that. Maiser Rishon is actually something that Azar is allowed to eat. It's just a question of after you tithe it, is there a monetary law that you're meant to give it to a, to a lady? So when you go ahead now and you buy from the, from the Amaaretz and you don't know 
if he took off my Sarishan or not. You have like a, you know, a suffix if he, if he did it. So you certainly have to be Koreshim. You certainly have to, have to tithe it. You have to do something to tithe it. But that doesn't mean practically you have to give it to the lady. Because you have to be machmer that it wasn't taken off. So in order, you have to make sure it's not tevel. So you have to be kori the shame. You have to separate it. But on the other hand, when you get to actually giving it, somebody could say, "Hey, prove, Mister Levy, that it wasn't taken off, and I'll give it to you." Until you can prove that it's meant to go to you, I don't actually have to give it to you. And he doesn't have to be nervous to eat it because, again, meiser rishon is mutter. Meiser rishon is mutter to a um, to 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 a czar. The only thing you have to do is from meiser rishon. There's something called trumas meiser. Trumas meiser is a tenth of the Maeser Rishon, which is meant to go to the Kohen, that he's going to have to make sure that he gets rid of. Because until you have that, as a non-Kohen, you know, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to have it. Okay, so very good. So basically, um, we have the Truma. We know the guy took off. You don't have to be concerned for taking off Truma. In the Maeser Rishon, all you got to do is be Kore shame and maybe take off the Truma's Maeser to make sure get that goes to the Kohen. But after that, you can eat the rest of the, of the Maeser Rishon. What else? So let's talk about Maeser Shani. Maeser Shani, you better take out, right? Because in that case... You're not sure if he, you know, the, he physically took it off. And if he didn't physically take it off, how are you going to eat it outside Yerushalayim? Maeser Shani has to only be in Yerushalayim. So it's not enough just to, you know, say, okay, there's Maeser Shani in it. You're going to have to physically separate it and be machmer and eat a part in Yerushalayim. Okay, that you'll also have to do. So, so far, the only things that you're physically going to separate and, and treat as holy are the Trimas Maeser you're going to give to the coin and the, uh, and, 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 and the Maeser Shani, which you'll take up to Yerushalayim. Now, the Shaila is, what about... The Meiser Ani from the Demai. Do I have to, do I have to deal with that? In other words, it's the third and sixth year. So, so I'm not, again, not worried about Truma. Meiser Rishon, I just have to worry about the Truma's Meiser part that I have to get, make sure that it, go, like, it goes to the coin. It's the third and sixth year, so I don't have to worry about Meiser Ani. I just, it, I'm sorry, it's the, it's, it's the third and sixth year, so I don't have to worry about Meiser Shani. Shaila is, what about Meiser Ani? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be nervous about it at all. There's nothing you have to do, nothing you have to do about it for it whatsoever. And what's the reason you have nothing to do for it whatsoever? We'll have to see. We'll have to see what the pshat is. But he's not chosheshi. He has no issue whatsoever on the, on the, uh, miser, on the top of the Ahmed Bey's. Not true. You have to be koreshim. You have to designate it by name. You don't have to actually separate it in a physical thing. Meaning to say that it seems that there's a machlokas if there's an issue, if there's an iser, of eating tevel, of eating something before Meiser Ani has been taken off. All the other tithes, there's certainly an issue of tevel. There's an issue that until all the tithes have been called or designated by name, then you're not able to eat. You can't eat the mutzer stuff. That's why you have to at least be kore the shame, even if you're not physically going to give it to a uh, give it to a, to a levy like Meiser Rishon, you certainly have to be kore the shame. Here the Chachamim are coming along and saying, you don't even have to be kore the shame on a Meiser Ani. You don't even have to do anything. You don't even have to designate it by name. Why is that? Why, why, why don't they hold that way? Uh, in other words, why aren't they choshesh for an issue of teva? Even if practically, you're not going to have to give it to the poor person. And the reason why you won't have to give it to the poor person is because let him prove that it wasn't taken off before we'll give it. But after all is said and done, why don't you have the basic, basic point here that you have to be choshesh? If not, you're dealing with an issue of teva. So the Gemara assumes like this. My love, let's assume, according to here, the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon hold that when I have a suffix, if it's chayv and maiser ani, and basically they're saying we have to be nervous for the issue, for the iser of tevel, until maiser ani is designated. He holds that maiser ani is something which is given. 
Meiser ani is something that the owner has to give, and he can pick a specific ani to give it to. Meiser ani has the din of tovas hana that the owner gives it, and he has the right to choose which poor person he gives it to. So therefore, lo mahanya. It has tevel. You, it has tevel. If you don't give it, there, there's a, there's a din you have to give it, and therefore, if there's a nether not to get benefit from somebody else, but then 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 this that this, what, that the wife of this person made, she's not going to be able to receive miser ani from them because she's going to be benefiting from them. According to the rabbanon, she it, we assume that it's something you give, and there's an iser of tevel of According to Rabbi Lezer, who holds that you don't have to be Kori Shem at all, when it's the Demai thing, you don't even have to be bothering to designate a name of Maeser Ani of Demai. He must hold that when you here have the Suffolk and the Demai, there's no Halacha of Tevel. There's no law that until the Maeser Ani is taken off, then you can't eat the rest. And it must be he holds. These two halachas go together. If it's not creating an iser of tevil before it's designated, it must be that there's no din that the owner has to give it. It's just rather like hefker that it's meant to be taken by any poor person. And therefore, if a woman made the neder, that she's not going to have pleasure from the people, then it's not considered pleasure for her to take something which has been abandoned because the person is not giving it. So let's go over what the Gemara is saying, because I find this is a very, very difficult connection that the Gemara is making. There are two issues that we're learning about. One issue is, is Maeser Ani something which is given or something which is abandoned? That's the question. In other words, is there a right as an owner, after you take the second tithe in the third and sixth year, you take the second tithe for this is for the poor. Is this something now that you give out to a poor person? You choose which poor person you want to give it to? Is that what you do? What? Or is it you abandon, right? Like a Chekho Peah, you certainly abandon. And the question is, my son, we'll talk about in a second where the source of it will come from. If, and then Afkamina of that is, whether or not this wife who has a ned or not to get pleasure from anybody, if she can get my Sarani. If it's something which is abandoned, she can take it because she's not getting pleasure from that person. The person has abandoned it and now she's taking it. Whereas if it's something that the owner gives, so if they have the, the pleasure of deciding who it's for and giving that particular gift, then it would be like a gift where she's not allowed to take if she has this nether that she can't get pleasure from anybody. That's what we're dealing with directly. What the Gemara is drawing on is a dispute that we find if there's a halacha of tevel by Miser Ani. What's tevel? Before everything is tithed, then you're not allowed to eat it. That makes such a big, important role when you have a suffix, like the Mai, where you buy from the Ami Aretz, and you have a suffix if everything was tithed. Do I even have to bother being Koreshem, designating by name a Maeser Ani? Practically, I'm certainly not going to have to give it to the poor people, because since it's only a suffix, it's doubtful whether the Maeser Ani was taken... I'm not going to have to give it. I basically say to the, to the people, I say, why don't you prove, go ahead and prove that the Maeser Ani wasn't taken and then I'll give it, right? So obviously I'm not going to have to, uh, I'm not going to have to give it practically to a poor person. But the question is, do I designate the name? Am I Kori the shame? So why should I yeah, be Kori the shame, not be Kori the shame? What does that depend on? If there's a din of Tevel, then I have to be Kori the shame. I'm not going to be able to use the rest until I'm Kori the shame of Maeser Ani. But if there's no din of Tevel, then, then, then it's mutter. If there's no din of tevel, then it's mutter for me to eat it without tithing it. And I don't have to think. I don't have to think about it. As long as practically I'm not going to be giving it to the honey, why would I even bother be Shem? Those two issues. Is there any connection between the two? Whether there's a din of tevel and whether or not it's a, it's a halacha, you give it or abandon it, I don't see any connection between the two halachas, two independent questions. But the Gemara is relating them one to the other. 
whether or not there's a din of tevel is also in the same related to the same question of whether there's a din of nesina or a din of abandonment. So the Ran struggles with this immensely. Why is there any connection between those two issues? What's the connection between tevel and whether you give it or abandon it? So the Ran tells us that the halacha of tevel is learned from a pasuk that they shouldn't be mechalo, the holy things that Chal Yisrael has, that will be removed. So the, that's talking the Israel of Tevel. Isa Shayarimu means ba'asid and literum, what will be removed. Meaning before the gifts are removed, don't be mechalo, don't eat it. And furthermore, the Ran says, Yorimu is a lashon of giving. It's a lashon of a gift that's something that you, not that you'll abandon, but that you'll tithe and give to, to, to the Kohen and the lady. So the question now comes to one of two things. If I say, that, Reish, that, that the Maeser Ani is something I give. So it's part of Esashir Yorimu. Yorimu implies that I will give. So it's part of Esashir Yorimu. If it's part of Esashir Yorimu, then it's part of the Yorimu. That there's a din of Tevel. Don't eat the grain before you've taken all the things that you have to give. So Maeser Ani is part of that. So even if you've taken the other stuff, but if you didn't take Maeser Ani, you can't eat the rest of the grain. Masha Enkin, if you go, that Maeser Ani is it's not a gift. It's just something which is abandoned for the poor. So it's not included in the terminology of Ace Asher Yorimu. If it's not included in Ace Asher Yorimu, then there's no din of Lechalos Ben Yorimu, there's no din of Tevel. So fascinating comparison. What the Gemara is doing is saying that whether or not there's an Ace or Tevel is dependent upon whether the question is that you give it or you abandon it. So our Shiloh, whether the woman who made the nether not to benefit from anyone can take Maeser Ani, depends on this Machlokas Tanoim if there's Tevel by Maeser Ani. That's what ends up happening here in the Gemara. Very unlikely connection. And that's what we're coming out here, that it seems to be a machlokas tanon. Now, even after you get that connection, we still have work to do, says the Ran. But what's the dispute if there's tefl? Fine, so very good. We'll say that whether or not you give it or abandon it depends if it's tevel. And now I understand, but back and forth, why if it's tevel, then you see it's something you give. If it's not tevel, you see it's something you abandon. I see in the Pasuk that way. But how did this dispute come? Where did it originate from? Well, what made somebody wake up one day and say there should be Tevel and Maeser Ani if you, before you give him one person, say not. So the Ran explains. The postures would be there is Iser, there should be an Iser Tevel. The idea of Tevel is before you take off all the things you need to take off, before you tithe all what you need to tithe, don't eat the grain. So why would a Maeser Ani be different than anything else? That would be like, I guess, the simple reason. But then the Ran says, and this is actually a pretty famous Ran and Shas here, the Ran says a very interesting thing. What is Isser Tevel? Isser Tevel is, there's holiness in the, in the tithes that you will take. Shurma, you're not going to be allowed to eat. My Rishon, the, the late, there has to be a tenth separated for the Kohen, which you can't eat. My Shani can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. Meaning, it's not just don't eat before you tithe. It's that the tithes are in the pile. And that they restrict you because they themselves have laws that restrict you. You can't eat in all circumstances. What? Oh, so one second. So therefore, just hear this far. So Maeser Ani, if though, is very unique. What's Maeser Ani? Something you give to the poor person. There's no holiness in it. It's just a monetary law. It's a tax. You give it to the poor. There's no holiness. Nothing you have to stay away from. It's a thing you have to give. So therefore, when it's mixed into the pile, there's no Iser to eat before. In other words, listen to the side of the Iser Tevel. Iser Tevel is don't eat before you tithe. It's that the tithes are mixed into the pile and the restrictions that apply on the tithes apply on the whole pile now. So the same way I wouldn't be able to eat Truma, Truma's Meiser, Meiser Shani without restriction. So that's where the Iser Tevel kicks in. Meiser Ani's not going to make a Tevel Zotteran because there's no restrictions on Meiser Ani. It's simply a tax. It, that's the fundamental machlaik is about whether Meiser Ani has Tevel. And that's the Nafkamina now. But if I suffix, 
by demai, where I have a sophic, if the, if the, if the Amaris took off, if there's no tevel, why would I bother even be kari shame? I don't have to give it a motzi mechaver lavaraya, prove that it wasn't taken off. You could say that. You could say that. And that's definitely the perspective of the mandama that there is tevel. What the Ran is giving us is a perspective of the mandama that there's not tevel, that it's not a din that Hashem said, it's my grain. Of course it's my grain. Hashem is saying not that it's not yours. You're restricted to have it until you satisfy all your chiyuvim. That's not pshat and tevel. Tevel is the dinim of the tithes are in the tevel because their kedusha is present. That's the din of tevel. So the din that I can't have truma, trumas meiser, meiser sheni, the restrictions that I have, those are chal on the tevel. And therefore meiser ani, if you think about it conceptually, cannot have tevel because there's no dinim on meiser ani. That's the, the perspective. No, the, it's just a chayish and mishpah law. It's just a tax. There's no kedusha. There's no din. You eat versus it's forbidden for you to eat. No, that's the thing. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's just a chayshin mishpat halacha. There's no kedusha. By truma, only a koin eats it. By, by the truma, by the maiser rishon, only a koin can have the truma's maiser that's in it. By maiser sheni, there's an iser. There's a law to eat it with chutzli There's a dinim of kedusha here. By maiser ani, yes, it ends up if it's meant for him, then it's not for me. Because chayshin mishpat, in general, there's a law. This is his, not me. But there's no dinim kedusha. There's no general, there's no iser lav. There's nowhere in the Torah where you find don't eat the ani's maiser ani. There's no such din. Yeah, it's true. It's a general thing. If it's someone's food, why are you taking it? But the ani can invite me over, for example. 100% you could partake in it. There's no din. I can't have Meiser on it. All right. So that was a really, really hard point line in the Gemara. But after all is said and done, we've proven that there's a machlokas if there's tevel my Meiser on it. And we're saying that that branches into a dispute if there's a din to give the Meiser on it if you abandon it because the Pasuk of tevel, it comes from so now the Gemara says back, maybe everybody holds there's Tevel but Meiser Ani. You want to know what they were arguing about? He holds the We assume that they took off Meiser Ani. You could rely on them that they took off Meiser Ani from the crop. Why? Because anyone can eat Meiser Ani theoretically. Just make yourself poor. Just abandon anything you have. You'll become a poor person. Then you'll be allowed to take the Meiser Ani that you designated. Therefore, Leslie Pseida, a person doesn't view it as a loss by giving the, the gift to the poor. It's a fascinating psychology. I don't view it that I'm losing money when I give a gift to the poor. Why? Because theoretically, I could be poor, right? I could lose all my money. I could be mafka everything that I own, and I would be a poor person. So in a, psychologically, a person doesn't view it as something that's hard to give. It's a gift to the poor. I could be poor too. Therefore, we assume the Amaharits will do it. What's the shot where the Amaharits, we assume that they don't take off the tithes? Because, you know, it's frustrating to have to go listen to the Torah and fulfill all the dinim that the Torah is saying when you just want to keep all the grain for yourself. But the Gemara is saying that he doesn't have that temptation on the gift to the poor. The gift to the poor, he kind of views himself in that category because he could hypothetically be, be poor. Therefore, we assume he did it. Nah, person never views himself as poor when he's not poor because you're never going to declare yourself ownerless. You never think you're going to lose your money. So you don't view yourself as a poor person. He would never make it a half care because he... He'd be nervous someone else would acquire his possessions before he would do it. So the Amaharites don't have an easy method of circumventing the need to give Maizrani to the poor. They are, we are choshed them that they wouldn't take off, um, that they wouldn't take off the, the Maizrani. So what we're coming out is everyone holds that there's devil. The dispute was simply, do we say that they, they take it off or do we not say they take it off? All right. Now, after all is said and done, where are we now? We haven't resolved the Mishnah and the Brisa. We have a Shiloh, a woman made the nether not to get pleasure for people. Could she take the Miser on him? The Mishnah was mashma. 
She can't. It only said which is mashman that you give Maiser Ani. The bride has said you could take Maiser Ani. Maiser Ani must be abandoned. We haven't resolved it. We tried saying was Machlokas Tanom if there's Tevel and then based on it, but it didn't work out. So Rav Amar, finally the Gemara gives us a resolution. It depends. There's two types of times when you take off Maiser Ani. Let's just go over the, the farmer season in Israel. In Israel, in the summer, all the grain is left out to dry in the fields, in the granaries. And then what happens is in the rainy season, you bring it into your home and you store it for the winter. So it depends. There are two times when a person gives the miser honey. Either it could be in the summer when all the grain is in the field, or if you didn't find an honey or no honey came, then you'll bring it into your house. So the Gemara says like this. If it's a miser, if it's already brought into your house, then the din becomes you seek out an honey and you go give it to them. There you give it. As the Pasuk says, one Pasuk says you should give the miser honey to the poor person. So, in, so there, since you're giving it, there's tovas ano, it's a gift. There, there. In that case, the person with the nether that they can't get pleasure from people, they wouldn't be allowed to take the miser ani. Because once it's, it comes to a person's house, there there's a din that they give it. But Khan in the bride, we're dealing with when it's still out in the granary. We're dealing in the summer months when the poor people just come and take it. There the Pasuk says, you just leave it there in your gates and any poor person can come and take it with or without the owner's consent. So in that case, so a person who has the nether not to derive pleasure would be allowed to take the benefit of taking the Maiser Ani because it's not shot, I'm taking a gift from the owner, I'm just taking by what's abandoned from the owner. So it's actually a very interesting thing. The Pasuk has conflicting terminology by Maiser Ani. One Pasuk says, you just leave it in the granary. One Pasuk says, that you go ahead and you give it to the poor person. We're explaining the resolution is during the summer months when it's out in the granary, you just abandon it. If no one came and take it, then you take it back into your house and then you seek out, you go find a poor person to give it to. So for the person who has the nether not to benefit from people, could they take the miser honey? So we're answering in the, in the winter when it's something that you give, then it'd be forbidden. In the summer when it's just abandoned and they can come and take it, then it would be allowed. All right, let's finish up here. Last point. <clears throat> then the woke out of Mishnah, where a person made a nether that all Kohanim and Levim cannot benefit from him. So the halach of the Mishnah says is that the Kohanim and Levim can still take Trima and Miser against his will. Why? It must be, even though Trima and Miser is certainly something that you gift, right? Let's not make any mistake about that. Trima and Miser is not abandoned. There's no question it's not abandoned. Trima and Miser is something that you give to the Kohen. So, so, so how come, how come in, but for, for Kohen and Levim, where you say they can't benefit, they're still allowed to come and take it from you? It must be, the benefit of giving a gift is not considered an item of value. So what do we mean by that? Is there monetary value in somebody's right to choose which Kohen they want to give it to? I'll give you a classic example. Let's say you have a, let's say you have a, a, a non-Kohen grandfather who has a, a grandson who's a Kohen. That could happen. Could he slip a few dollars under the table to a Yisrael to make sure that he gives all his truma to, uh, to his grandson, the coin, as opposed to another coin? Maybe, right? So you see that the right to choose the coin is worth something. You can make money off of it. So in the, if you owe Tevis Anoiz Mamun, that there's a shame of Mamun to that, that has value. So then if you think about it, so when the coin and Kohen and Levium are coming and taking it, then they're taking something that he has like equity in. You could say it that way. Every Yisrael has equity in his, in his uh, trimus and maestros, even though he can't eat it, but he has equity because he could choose who it goes to. And that's something that theoretically you could say is mama that you have value in. So it would sound like from the mission that we don't say it that way. That if you had, if you had said no Kohanim Levim can benefit from you, we're still saying that they can come and take it. It's not like they're taking something of equity from you.
But at the end of the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, If he said, you know, this Kohen and that Kohen can't take from me, other Kohenim take the Truman Maeser but not the Kohenim who are restricted. The Seif of the Mishnah is talking about the same thing, just instead of asering all Kohenim, he restricted only a few Kohenim. So he asered this Kohen and this Kohen from taking it. So we say, no problem. They can't take it. Another Kohen will be able to take it. Alma, Why can't the Kohenim that you asered, why can't you give it to them? Must be because the Tovas is Maman. So you have equity in it. And, and, and since you asked them from having pleasure from you, so if they would take it, they're taking something that you have value in. So which one is it? From one line in the Mishnah to the next, it seems that there's a contradiction. Whether or not we view the Tovas as being having something that, 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 that has value of, um, of, uh, of equity. Now, yeah, there's an obvious Kasha here. I just will share the question. I'm not giving you a good answer. But it sounds like in the Gemara here that whether or not you allow the coin to come and take it depends on whether Tovah Sanah is Maman or not. And it sounds like if you hold Tovah Sanah is not Maman, then he could take it, right? There's no problem with that. In the previous sugya, we were saying that by Maeser Ani, if it's a gift and it's something that you give, so then you can't give it to the person that has a nether not to benefit from people because they'd be getting pleasure from you. We didn't seem to distinguish whether tovas hana is mumman or not. It doesn't make a difference if there's equity. We said if it's something you give, it's considered a gift and, and the woman can't take it. Now, t- in the very next Gemara, when the Kohen and Malavim are taking their truma and Miser, where it certainly is something that you give, it's a Miser, it's a Mitzvah's Nesina, it's not something you abandon. Here suddenly we're saying it depends whether the right to give is considered value. Is it considered equity or is it just stam, a right to choose? How come it's different between Maeser Ani and Trumas? We'll leave that question. That's a hard question. It seems like a conflict here in the daf itself. Al-Kopanim now we're, we're struggling to see is Tovas Hanah considered equity or is it just considered a right to give? So the Gemara says, Lokasha, Harebi, We're going to say it's about this issue. Where the Tanya, it says in the Bible, Let's say I steal from you your Tevel. So remember, what's tevel? It's the grain before the trimmers and misers have been designated. So if I steal all the, all the tevel and I eat it, so I have to pay back all for what I stole. But what did I steal? So did I steal only all the amount minus the trimmers and misers, or did I steal even the trimmers and misers? What did I take away from you? So in one opinion, I pay the value of all the tevel, meaning I have to pay the value of the trimmer and miser as well. No, I only have to pay the value of the non-trimmer and miser part. So very interesting dispute. If I steal all your tevel and eat it, do I have to pay back for the Truman Meiser part or only for the non-Truman Meiser part? So what's brought in the Machlokas? My lab alchemically, top of the Amaralf, my sub, the Rebbe Sover Tovas and Amaman, which review the Sover Tovas and Amaman. Must be that's brought in the Machlokas. If you would say Tovas and Amaman is equity, so I stole your Truman Meiser as well, even though you're not going to end up eating it, but you have equity in it. It's yours because you have the right to decide which Kohen and Levi you're giving it to. Therefore, you have a share, you have value in the Truman Meiser, so I stole the Truman Meiser from you as well. I have to pay back. My Shangan, if you hold Tovas and is not Mamun. It's not value. It's not equity. So the fact is, I only stole from you everything except for the Truman Meiser. Truman Meiser wasn't yours anyway. You'd have to give it away. Therefore, I don't have to pay you back for the Truman Meiser part that I stole. So what we're saying is that the Machlok, that, that the machlok is if you have to pay back for the Truman Meiser, it depends if Tobat Sanah is Maman or not. And that's the Machlokos, which is represented in the Mishnah. In a case where you say Kohanim can't benefit from you, could the Kohanim take the Truman Meiser? It depends. Does the Truman Meiser, do you have a share in that? Do you have equity in that? If you have equity in it, then they can't. If you don't, then they're able to. And ultimately, we're coming out that that's a Machlokos in the Tanah.